Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jesse McGill, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to continue our podcast series called Deep Dive into MDS 3.0 Quality Measures. These monthly podcasts will feature one or two of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures, QMs, and delve into the details about each measure and what actions may prove helpful as the facility tries to improve or maintain their results. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Rebecca. In this episode, we'll discuss two antipsychotic medication-related measures, the short-stay percent of residents who newly received an antipsychotic medication, and the long-stay measure, percent of residents who received an antipsychotic medication. We'll discuss the rationale what is the numerator, denominator, the exclusions, covariates, as well as a possible action plan for greater success. Thanks, Jesse. Before we get into these measures, I understand there was a recent update to the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures Users Manual. Could you elaborate on this, please? Yes, and that is a great reminder. In late October 2020, CMS released the version 14 MDS 3.0 Quality Measure Users Manual. And this actually was effective as of October 1st, 2020. This new manual has three major changes that are detailed in the first few pages of the manual. The first update is a transition from the SNF Quality Reporting Program or SNF QRP measure called New or Worsened Pressure Ulcer Measure to the SNF QRP measure called Changes in Skin Integrity Post-Acute Care Pressure Ulcer Injury. So basically, in both the CASPER reports and in the MDS 3.0 QM Users Manual, CMS has eliminated the references to the new or worsened pressure ulcer measure. And now CMS directs us to go to the SNF QRP Manual, which is called the SNF QRP Measure Calculations and Reporting Users Manual, and references Table 7-5. And this is where we'll find the specifications for the changes in skin integrity measure. Now, in addition to the SNF QRP manual version 3, there's also a recent release of an addendum, which contains October 1st updates and change tables. And this addendum must be used in conjunction with the version 3 SNF QRP manual. The second big change in the MDS 3.0 manual update was a relocation of what we commonly refer to as the survey quality measures or the surveyor quality measures. And these are in Appendix E of the QM Users Manual and have been relocated to Chapter 2 and integrated with all the other long-stay measures. The third big change was the relocation of measures that were previously in Appendix D, which were those withdrawn from the National Quality Forum or NQF submission. So all those measures that were in Appendix D of the version 13 QM Users Manual were also relocated to Chapter 2 with the rest of the short and long-stay measures. So essentially, this really simplifies the QM Users Manual, where before we had the main chunk of measures in Chapter 2, and then we had some of what we called the surveyor survey quality measures in Appendix E, and the withdrawn measures in Appendix D, those are all now integrated into Chapter 2 for long-stay and short-stay measures. Now, lastly, there was a relatively minor change, which moved several of the appendices 
and move those to actual labels of chapters. So chapter three is now technical details, and that was previously appendix A, technical details. We now have a chapter four, parameters for use for each quarter, which was previously appendix B, parameters used for each quarter. Uh, chapter five now covers episode and stay determination logics that used to be appendix C. And the new chapter six is the specifications for the facility characteristics report, which was previously appendix F. Thanks for that update, Jesse. It sounds like we are ready to get into the details of the antipsychotic measures. What can you tell us about the short stay antipsychotic measure? Yeah, so the short stay measure is called the percent of residents who newly received an antipsychotic medication. And since it is a short stay measure, it only looks at residents with cumulative days in the facility of 100 days or less. And this measure uses a look back scan, which means it looks back through all MDSs with a qualifying reason for assessment within the current episode. And just as a reminder, when we talk about episode, this is a period of time spanning one or more stays. It begins with an admission and ends with either a discharge or the end of the target period, whichever comes first. So when we talk about a discharge, this would include a discharge assessment return not anticipated or a discharge assessment return anticipated, but the resident did not come back within 30 days or a death and facility tracking record was completed. So this measure looks at all qualifying assessments in the look back scan, but does not include the initial assessment. However, it does compare the look back scan assessment to the initial assessment to identify residents who are receiving an antipsychotic medication during the target period, but did not receive the medication on the initial assessment. Jesse, what are the qualifying reasons for assessment for this measure that are compared to the initial assessment? That's a great question, Rebecca. For the short stay measures using a look back scan, the qualifying reason for assessment is any assessment coded from A310A, including your OBRA admission, quarterly, annual, significant change in status, or your significant correction to a prior comprehensive or quarterly. It can also include a Medicare five day and an OBRA discharge return or return not anticipated. Thanks, Jesse. What assessments qualify as the initial assessment? Oh, another great question. So for a short stay assessments, the initial assessment can be your OBRA admission or your Medicare five day. It can also be an OBRA discharge return or return not anticipated. However, we also have to look at the selection logic, which states that this is also the earliest assessment that meets the following criteria. First, the assessment is contained within the resident's selected episode, and it has a qualifying reason for assessment. Second, it also has the earliest target date that is greater than or equal to the admission entry date starting the episode. And its target date is no more than 130 days prior to the target date of the target period. The initial assessment cannot be the same as the target assessment. And if the same assessment qualifies as both the initial assessment and the target assessment, it will be used as a target assessment and the initial assessment is considered to be missing. That is very helpful information, Jesse. What else can you tell us about this short stay antipsychotic measure? 
Well, this is actually a relatively simple measure, but understanding the stuff we just talked about with the look-back scan and the qualifying reason for assessment and the initial assessment is vital to determining when your resident could trigger for this measure. Ultimately, this measure is triggered if a resident is coded for an antipsychotic medication at N0410A on a look-back scan assessment but did not receive an antipsychotic medication on the initial assessment. However, residents who did meet this criteria can also be excluded. And the exclusions for this measure is if they have an active physician diagnosis coded on the MDS in section I for schizophrenia at I6000 or Tourette's syndrome at I5350 or Huntington's disease at I-5250. A resident can also be excluded if antipsychotic medication N0410A was dashed on the initial assessment. Thanks, Jesse. That's good to know. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Are you currently an experienced RAC-CT professional looking to take your reimbursement expertise to the next level? Then the RAC-CTA Advanced Certification may be just the program for you. Learn more by visiting www.anac.org forward slash education forward slash RAC-CTA. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jesse McGill about the antipsychotic quality measures. Jesse, are we ready to move on to the long-stay antipsychotic measure? Yes, Rebecca, we are. So this long-stay measure is named the percent of residents who received an antipsychotic medication. This long-stay measure uses a target assessment to identify if the resident received an antipsychotic medication for any days at N0410A. For long-stay residents, the target assessment selection period is defined as the most recent three months and looks at all OBRA comprehensive and quarterly assessments, the Medicare five-day, and the OBRA discharge return and return not anticipated. The denominator for this measure is all long-stay nursing home residents or those with 101 or more cumulative days in the facility. Thanks, Jesse. Does this measure have exclusions like the long-stay measure? It actually has nearly identical exclusions. The same three diagnoses will exclude a resident for this measure, schizophrenia, Tourette syndrome, or Huntington's disease. In addition, this measure will exclude the resident if Tourette syndrome is coded on a prior assessment but not on the target assessment. And like the short-stay measure, a resident is also excluded if antipsychotic medication N0410A is dashed on the assessment. Jesse, are there any risk adjustments for this measure? No, there are no risk adjustments, which are also referred to as covariates for either the short-stay or the long-stay antipsychotic measures. Thanks, Jesse. What can our listeners do to improve their outcomes in the antipsychotic quality measures? The first thing is to recognize that this is a clinical team effort. It's not something the NAC can do all on their own, but there's a few things that the NAC will want to check on first. First is the accuracy of coding of N0410A antipsychotics. The REI user's manual coding instructions tell us that we indicate the number of days the resident has received the medication in the last seven day or the seven day look back period. 
We have to make certain that the medication was coded by pharmacological classification, not how it was used, which means regardless of why it was prescribed for the resident, you code the medication based on the pharmacological classification. Another thing to consider is that this measure triggers if the resident received an antipsychotic medication at any time during the look-back period. Whether it was on one day or all seven, the resident triggers. Medication also includes administration by any route and may have been received in any setting during the look-back period, as long as a resident is still your resident and did not discharge. So for example, if the resident went out to the emergency room, and received an antipsychotic medication at the ER and returned to your facility without discharging, the medication is counted on the MDS. The last thing the NAC would want to verify is the diagnosis coding in Section I, specifically schizophrenia at I-6000, Tourette syndrome at I-5350, and Huntington's disease at I-5250. We have to verify the accuracy of these diagnoses, ensuring that they are current and active. A physician has documented the diagnoses within the last 60 days and they're active within the last seven because these diagnoses will exclude the resident from triggering on the measure. So once we have verified the accuracy of the medication classification and verified the accuracy of the number of days the medication was received at N0410A, and also verify the accuracy of the diagnoses. Next, the clinical team will need to address the antipsychotic medication use. And this is typically already a focus and monitored. Now, one of the ways we monitor antipsychotics is through the antipsychotic review process. And this is MDS item N0450. And it focuses on the gradual dose reduction of antipsychotic medications, which are not clinically contraindicated. Thanks again, Jesse. We really appreciate these great tips. Do you have any final thoughts for us? I know I said it before, but when it comes to making a difference and improving overall measures, this is an all hands on deck. It must be a team effort. So as the NAC, having a comprehensive understanding of the specifications of each measure is valuable information for you and your team. Thank you, Jesse. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on quality measures, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.